And I am so excited to be here with you this morning to share what God has laid on my heart. And we're going to be talking about first things first. First things first. And I also want to welcome everyone who's watching online. We are so glad to have you with us this morning. So for those of you that know me, I, you probably know I'm pretty social. I like walk around the building normally saying hi to people, um, having conversations, asking you how your week is. If you don't know me, I would love to get to know you. And I also, when I talk to you, I usually say like, how you doing, how's life? And some of the general answers, answers are okay, great, amazing. Some people give me that amazing. But I've also been hearing this a lot. I say, how's life? And they say, busy. And usually that person's gone gone. We don't even get to like continue the conversation. Busy. And I try to, we shouldn't have pride in our lives, but I try to pride myself, I pride myself a little bit in trying to be available. That when I'm out and I'm talking, I try to be available, like to have a conversation with people, get to know you, what's going on in your life. Well, I have to share a story with you about this so I am working with our women's team for the Lifeway Women's Simulcast. Yes, if you have not registered, get registered, ladies. It's going to be an amazing day of pursuing God together. And it's September 19th, so get registered today. Commercial over. So we've been working on that. And me and our leader for women's within Countryside Espanol, because we're also offering the conference in Spanish. That's pretty cool, huh? So if you know anybody that would like to see it in Spanish, that's also available. Well, I've been working with Martha, and so we've been trying to get together, figure out details, and our schedules keep not aligning. And so I have this email from her that I'm going to read to you. It says, no worries. I can see you are always really busy. We'll talk soon. Have a blessed and wonderful weekend. You know that little emoji on your phone that looks like this? That one. Yep. That's about how I felt in that moment. I was like, no, no, I don't want to look so busy that I'm not available. I want to be busy. But unfortunately, this busyness is a part of our professional lives, our personal lives. And sometimes it even, in some ways, we're like, man, if I'm busy, I must be doing great things. Business is going great. We are busy, busy, busy. But sometimes, just because we're busy, all that means is that we have just filled all of our time. That's what that means. And it doesn't mean that it's always with the things that are really most important. We are busy, but are we, most, are we busy doing what really matters? That is my question for us today. Are we busy doing what really matters? And we are going to turn to the book of Haggai this morning. Maybe you've read it. Maybe you haven't. It's okay. I'm going to give you about 15 minutes to turn to this book in the Bible because it's literally one page. And it is, I'll get, okay, I'll give you some help here. Go to Matthew, turn back three books. It's there. Don't turn quickly because it's literally one page. It's right there. And we're going to start in Haggai 1 verses 1 through 15 because I believe there's a story here to talk about busyness and what God has to say about it in our lives. So let's pray before we dive in. God, I am so grateful for your word. I'm grateful that you have provided it to us. God, I pray that you will have your way this morning and that your words will speak to us and that we will put them into action. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. All right, let's look at verse one. 
It says, in the second year of King Darius, on the first day of the sixth month, the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai to Zerubbabel, the son of, here we go, Pastor Tim, with these crazy words. Pastor Tim's really good at reading these, these words. Shaltiel, I'm going to go with that, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Oh, look there. Oh, that's my son. And uh, how appropriate that his picture just showed up as soon as I read his name out of the Bible. Which one do you think it is? Zerubbabel? No. Do you think it's Jehozadak? No, we didn't go with that one. Yeah, we went with Joshua. I mean, no, we went with Judah. His name is Judah. Isn't he cute? Yes. Oh, man. I just couldn't help but read his name and put his picture up there. He's eight months old. He's got two teeth, and he is all over the place, people. Pray for us. All right, talk about busy. Now, something I want to point out in this scripture is that it gives us a time frame. It says on the first day of the sixth month, and if you study that, that is actually August 29th, 520 B.C., and I just think that's cool. I think it's cool that we're reading this scripture around the same time of year. It's the end of August here. We're a little bit into September, but I think that is just amazing. But I want to give you some history before what is, what is going on when Haggai is coming to these people. This is what has gone on in their lives. So the Babylonians had come in to Jerusalem and have in, taken over and they destroyed the temple and took all of its people into captivity. And then after 70 years, 70 years of captivity, the Persians come in and they take over the Babylonians and they then allow the people to go back to the city if they wish. Now this city still lies in complete ruins, but a remnant of them did decide to go back to the city and they began rebuilding the temple, rebuilding the walls and their houses. But then if you've ever done, if you've ever built a house before, they hit some opposition they hit some problems, and they decided to stop building the temple. And so that's where we are in these verses. That is what's going on. So let's look at verse 2. It says this. This is what the Lord Almighty says. These people say that time has not yet come to rebuild the Lord's house. So the Lord is speaking through Haggai. He's saying that the people are saying, it is not time to rebuild your house, Lord. Well, Haggai is not coming to them a few days after them being back, a few weeks, or even a few years. He's coming after 16 years of them deciding, and they're saying it's not time to rebuild. This reminds me of whenever I was a kid, and my mom used to leave a chore list for us on days that she was working, like on the weekends or even uh, in the summer more so. And actually, my mom's here today. Hi, mom. And my Aunt Carla's here today. Hi, Aunt Carla. We're so glad to have you. So she would leave a chore list. And I can only imagine, had my mom come home, I'm sitting on the couch, I have my snacks, I'm watching TV, and my mom and the chores are not done when she walks in the door. And I say, Mother, the time has not come for me to do the chores. The time has not come. Oh, no. Not in our house. I can't even imagine Thankfully, I never did that. But in our house, you do the chores, or there's some consequences. So I don't know about you, if you have kids, or if you're married, or if you've ever lived with a human being before. Anybody? Okay, good. Everyone? Um, have you ever asked somebody to do something, and then like a few hours go by, maybe in a day, a week, 
And you think, maybe I'll just remind them. And you go over and you're like, hey, um, have you done that thing? And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna, I was gonna, I was gonna do that. I was fixing to. I was fixing, fixing. I was fixing to? I was gonna? What does that even mean? Fixing to. Well, you better fixing. Anyway, all right. Oh, Lord, help us. Let's look, let's see, let's see what the Lord says here. Okay, verse five, it says this. Now, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. So they say it's not time, and God says, okay. Give careful thought to your ways. You have planted much, but harvest little. You eat, but never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You put clothes on, but they are not warm. You earn wages, but you put them into a purse with holes in it. Have you ever worked and worked and worked and looked and said, where is everything I worked for? Where did it go? You ever felt like that before? I know I have. That's what he's saying to these people. You're working, but it's not working out for you. You plant, but you reap little. They're busy. They're busy building their own houses. And sometimes even some of the blessings they're getting are just, they're feeling hollow in their lives. They're busy building their own careers, their own lives, working towards their futures. But what have they done? They have neglected the place of God's presence. They've neglected the place of God's presence. I truly believe any process that does not begin with God will eventually end in disappointment. Will eventually end in disappointment. Not right away. It won't right away. We can do things and it can feel great for a while, but eventually those things will no longer fulfill you and you're going to have to find something else. Something else. The thing of this world, that's just the way it works. You're going to have to always be replacing it, filling it, and replacing it. And that's what was happening in their lives. See, we need to keep the first thing first. We need to be busy doing what really matters. Thank you, Daphne, for that clap. I love Daphne. She's amazing. She's on our first impressions team. We need to be busy doing what really matters. See, if we don't make this connection, why is this important? If we don't make this connection, then we will live our lives frustrated. Not constantly, but over and over again, you'll find yourself frustrated. You're like, it's just not working, it's not working, it's not working. Why? Because our ways matter. God is saying, give careful thought to your ways. Our ways matter matter. I love this story in Luke 5. It's Peter. He eventually becomes a disciple, but it says he's fishing all night. He's fishing, he's fishing, and he's catching nothing, catching nothing. And then Jesus comes along and asks to use his boat, actually, to go out into the water to teach. And when they're out there, he's talking about, I fish all night, I caught nothing. And Jesus says, well, just put your nets on the other side of the boat. And he's like, okay, I'm in the same body of water, I really don't think putting my nets from one side to the other is going to make that big of a difference. But okay, Lord, I'm going to put my nets in. I'm going to listen to what you're saying and put my nets into your hand. And do you know what Peter's biggest problem was after he listened to what the Lord said? Breaking nets. Because he had so many fish he did not know what to do with. (laughs) That is our God. See, we can do everything within our human strength to know what to do. Peter was a strong fisherman. He knew what to do, but it wasn't until he put it into God's hands that it really began to work the way that it was supposed to. 
See, there's this quote by Hudson Taylor. It says, God's work done God's way will not lack God's supply. God's work done God's way will not lack God's supply. Now, I want to specify this. Specifically, what is it? It says God's supply. It doesn't say how we think God should supply it. It says God's supply. So sometimes the way that God supplies is not exactly maybe the way that we expected it to be. So let's see what he does here with the Israelites. Verse 7. It says, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. That's the second time he said that. When God repeats himself, let's listen. Give careful thought to your ways. And parents, I want you to take this and put this in your pocket. Because I'm going to use this. When Judah's older and when he's done something that maybe he shouldn't do, not that he would ever do that because he's just sweet. Oh, no, he'll listen to mom every time. I'm just sure of it. But if he doesn't, I'm just going to look at him and say, Judah, you've got about five seconds to give careful thought to your ways. You've got about five. Parents, use that. It's good. It's good stuff in the Bible right here. Let's go to verse 8. Go up into the mountains and bring down timber and build my house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. You expect much, but see, it turned out to be little. What you brought home, I blew away. Why, declares the Lord Almighty? Because of my house, which remains in ruin. While because of you, the heavens have withheld their dew and the earth its crops. I have called for a drought on the fields and the mountains, on the grain and the new wine and the olive oil and everything else in the ground produces on the people and the livestock and on all the labor of your hands. Wait a minute, what does that say? Let's see. What you brought home, I blew away. Well, that doesn't seem very nice, Heavenly Father. Aren't you the one that says you're going to give me my daily bread? And that if you care about the birds of the air and the flowers of the valley, how much more you will take care of me? What is going on here? Why would a good God take something away from our lives? Why? He blew it away. They're working hard. You know, sometimes I think God may frustrate our process to remind us of our priorities. Sometimes God will frustrate your process to remind us of our priorities. See, because if he lets us depend on our stuff, church, we're going to forget our source. And believe me, this isn't a message just for you. You know, Almost every message that I speak from the pulpit, from here, the pulpit, that's an old-time word, from the table. <laughs> I grew up in church. Can you tell? Every message I speak, this is, a me this is something God's working in my own life. He's saying, Kelly, you're busy, 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 but are you doing what really matters? Are you doing what really matters? Are you dependent on your own strength? See, sometimes God has to send a storm to check our foundation, you truly know if a house is strong, wait till a storm comes by. Wait till a storm comes by. You have a storm in your life, maybe God's checking the foundation. You know, we've been going through a lot lately, and we've been forced to social distance in some ways, but we've also, in some ways, God has given us a gift. He has caused us to pause and given us an opportunity 
He has taken something that was meant for evil and he can use it for good, right? As we sang in our worship song. He's given us an opportunity to pause and say, man, I was busy, busy, busy. But was I really busy? Are all my things, am I doing the things that I really need to be doing? Are my priorities where they need to be? See, God would rather you go through a season of foundation, of frustration than to have you build your whole life on a foundation that is not going to hold up. He would rather give you a season of frustration than to have you build your whole life on something that is not going to stand strong. See, we can be busy, 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 but are we so busy that we miss what's most important? Growing up, I grew up in a house with five kids in my family. Yes, my mother is amazing. And three of us were so close in age that at one point we were all in diapers out of the five. So three in diapers out of five. Can you imagine that? No, I can't. I just have one. That's enough. And so it's, imagine this. It is a school morning. My mom is working hard to get all the kids out of the house. Four of us are girls. So doing hair, you know, getting out of the house, getting everything together. Well, she finally gets, gets out the house. She's on her way to school. And my oldest sister says, mom, you forgot our lunches. We forgot our lunches. And I was like, oh, the lunches. Okay, so she goes back. She rushes back to the house. She gets to the kitchen. She gets the lunches, and she freezes. She goes, she realizes she didn't just forget the lunches, but she forgot her infant twins in their cribs. Yes, me. I was left at home alone as an infant. Mom, you're still my hero. I still love you. But she was busy, 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 busy that she forgot what was most important, of course, her infant twins. <laughs> but we've been there, haven't we? And of course, none of you parents have ever done anything like that. You've never forgotten anything or lost your child or anything. I haven't yet. He's only eight months old. <laughs> Give me some time. But we're so busy, we forget what's most important. This is what God was trying to tell his people. So let's see what happens here. Verse 12, it says, Then Zerubbabel, son of Shaltiel, Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest and the whole remnant of the people obeyed the voice of the Lord and their God and the message of the prophet Haggai because the Lord their God had sent him and the people feared the Lord. Verse 13, then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, gave this message of the Lord. Now I want to pause here. It says, Haggai, the Lord's messenger, he gave the message of the Lord. The, the word of the Lord came through Haggai, right? So this isn't Haggai's words. These are God's words. And today I hope that God speaks through me to you. So if you love this message, thank the Lord. And if you don't like this message, Talk to the Lord, okay? Great. I'm glad we've got that cleared up. Okay, so let's see, verse 13. Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, gave this message of the Lord to his people. He said, I am with you, declares the Lord. You know, let's go back to verse 12. It says, the whole remnant of the people obeyed the voice of the Lord. It doesn't say they did whatever they wanted. And then he said, I was with you. He said, they obeyed the Lord. And he said, I am with you. What does this show me? Obedience is important. Obedience is important. See, one of the ways God works through 
the through us is through our obedience. How he affects the world is through our obedience. You know, I thought real hard. I was trying to find another word that meant obedience without saying the word obedience because we don't like that. We don't like to be told we have to obey something or that we should do something. But do you want to know what? I just couldn't do it because it says here, they obeyed the voice of the Lord. There is something important about obedience in our life, and it's important to God. See, one of the ways, like I said, God works in the world is through our obedience. I see it over and over again. When you decide to bring in uh, non-perishable goods here to the church, he's working through you to help people in our community who do not have food. When you decided to be a part of our drive last week to bring undergarments for underprivileged children, you are helping to affect the world around you. Your obedience matters, and it's important. Let's look at verse 14. It says, So the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the son of Shittal. I'm going to do this very well, Pastor Tim. Here we go. Shatial, governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and the spirit of the whole remnant of people. They came and began to work on the house of the Lord Almighty, their God, on the 24th day of the sixth month. They came and began to work on the house of the Lord. It doesn't say that the prophets and the pastors and the teachers came and worked on the house of the Lord. It says the people came and worked on the house of the Lord. Every single one of you are important. God wants to work through you to affect his kingdom. You have something specific for you from God for the world around you. But we have to put the first thing first. We have to consider our ways, check our priorities. And obedience is important. God is speaking to you. But we have to listen and then put it into practice. So I love this. Here they give us a time frame again. They say the 24th day of the sixth month. That's about September 21st. So that's just from August 29th when we started in these verses to now September 21st. That's less, a little less than three weeks. In just three weeks, because of their obedience, God turns their whole situation upside down. He changes the whole atmosphere after 16 years of neglect, it simply took an act of obedience to God to, for God to turn the whole thing around. That's the way God works. It doesn't matter how far you seem or how long you've been neglecting something. It just takes one decision. And our God is so full of grace and love. We're going to move into Matthew for a minute. Matthew 6 verses 31 through 34. It says this. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall I eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after these things are what the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, or for tomorrow will worry about its own things, sufficient for the day it is its own trouble. So no, we don't need to worry about tomorrow. And yes, God knows what you need, but we cannot cross out or miss verse 33. It says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. We have got to put the first things first. We've got to seek first the kingdom of God. 
Put God first in our lives. When we seek God first, this is our foundation, and then all these things can be added to you. He will give you everything you need, and sometimes he will give you things you didn't even know you needed. See, because God knows you better than you know yourself. He knows what you need. But be careful. Don't seek the kingdom just to get the things. It's not about that. See, many times what we think is a lack of provision in our lives is simply a lack of priority. What we think is a lack of provision, God, where are you, is simply a lack of priority in our lives. It reminds me of the prodigal son. The prodigal son, he decided to take his inheritance early, and he was pursuing all the dreams of his life. He went and he lived life to the fullest, but then quickly, the money was gone, the things were gone, and he was living with the pigs, feeding the pigs. The pigs were eating better than he was. And he thought in that moment, man, my, serv- my father's servants eat better than this. I think I'll go back. I'm going to go seek my father, and I'm going to come back, and I'm going to say, I'm gonna, I'll be one of your servants. Let me just be one of your servants. So he goes back to his father, and his father says, no, don't be a servant. Come into my house. Have a robe and the signet ring. You are my son. See, that's what it is. He went seeking the things, and he came up empty. Was it fun for a while? Oh, yeah, it was great. But then he actually went and sought the father, and then he got the things. He wasn't going and looking for the things. He was saying, Lord, I want to be your servant. I want to be your servant. Or father, I want to be your servant. We say, Lord, I want to be your servant. And his father being gracious and kind, which is a picture of God the father, brought him into the house as his son. See, your priorities could be preventing your progress. Your priorities could be preventing your progress. You know, if this whole text, these 15 verses, if they were an email from God, I believe it would say action required. It would say action required. See, because I believe we don't say, oh, I'm not going to do that. We'll say, oh, yeah, I'm going to do that. Or let me look at my schedule. I'm fixing to. (laughs) And then next thing you know, it's been 20 years. It's been five years. It's been months. See, we're busy, busy, busy. But are we busy doing what really matters? And I believe the enemy loves to distract us. He'll tell you, oh, you're being patient. Wait on the Lord, patiently waiting, patiently waiting on the Lord. But I believe he he wants to make us think that we're being patient to keep us from the blessing of our obedience. He doesn't want you to do any of this. (laughs) He wants you to continue being busy. Don't consider your ways. Don't even worry about obedience. But I say, God has something better for you than just trying to fill our lives trying to work, 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 and turn around and find out that it isn't working. See, I truly believe there will be no deep-seated fulfillment in our lives without God. There will be no deep-seated fulfillment in our lives without God. Yes, we will have happiness. Yes, we can fill our lives with things, and it'll be great for a moment, but eventually those things will fade away. 
No matter how much money we have or the best marriage we have or whatever it is, those things will not fully fulfill you. And it's really hard for me to describe but you, because you can't feel what I'm talking about until you do it. You've got to do it. And I'm saying make a priority. Give it a chance. Maybe there's something in your life God's been asking you to do and you haven't done it. Do it, church. Do it. And I promise you, you will see God move and work in your life like you never thought possible. First things first. There's a quote by Jim Ron that says, if you really want to do something, you'll find a way. If you don't, you'll find an excuse. If you really want to do something, you'll move heaven and earth to make it happen. But if you don't want to do it, oh, we got excuses coming out of everywhere. See, there's a few things in my life that I never regret doing. Never. When I do it, I never regret doing. When I make these things a priority, I never regret it. The first thing is, putting God first in my life, doing my devotionals in the morning, adding prayer to my life every day, or doing life with other believers. I never regret doing that. What does that look like? Being a part of a small group, being on a serve team here at the church. I never regret, regret doing life with other believers. Why? We need each other. <laughs> we weren't meant to do this thing called life alone. We need each other. We need to be studying God's word together. And I'm so excited. We have a new resource for you to make this easier where you can dive into God's word together. It's called sermon-based study. So all you have to do is come to church and then during the week at some point, sit down and have a conversation maybe over dinner, maybe over coffee with a friend, maybe over Zoom. And we provide the discussion for this. Just go to, the, to our app, go to resources, go to the sermon notes. And at the very bottom, it says, think on these things. And there's like three or four questions that have to do with that week's message. And you can apply it to your life with other believers. I want to encourage you to try that. Just try it. Try it with your family, with your spouse, with your friends. Diving into God's word and applying it to your life. I have never regretted doing that. Another thing I've never regretted doing is serving others. Because what are we called to do? Love God, put God first, and to love others. Is serving people. There is something about it. When I put my needs aside and I come and I serve someone, whether it's at Helping Hands or it's at another event, I have never regretted giving up my time to serve other people or even to serve within the church. I remember I started serving within the kids' ministry and it was so fulfilling to go every single week and to watch these kids smile and to tell them about Jesus. I will never regret giving my time for serving God and serving the church. But many times we say, oh, one day, I'm fixing to, I'm gonna do that. You wanna know what happens in that? You're missing an opportunity to be a blessing and you're missing opportunity where God wants to use you. You have gifts, you have talents, you have things that God wants to do in and through you. And now is the time. The time is now. Let's look at our priorities and give them to God. This is a word of encouragement to you. I know it seems like it's like, well, you're telling me to obey, to consider my ways and all these things. I'm telling you right now, I, like I said, if we can understand this, I'm preventing you from a frustra frustration where you're wondering what's missing. It's probably some of our priorities are missing. 
And I believe we have an opportunity like we've never had before. You know, when I was first getting ready to talk about this message, I, I wanted to talk about foundation. I was like, God, I really felt like God wanted me to talk about build a foundation. I was going to call it stand firm and then we're all going to stand firm on what God has for us. And when the storms come, we're not going to be blown away and we know what we believe in and it was going to be awesome. And then God brought me to Haggai and I was like, you blew it away. You, okay. Um, and he says, no, Kelly, this is foundation. This is, this is, I'm trying to help, I'm trying to help you. You're teaching a whole message on foundation. If we don't consider our ways, if we don't obey, if we don't put it into action, that's how you build the foundation. That's how you have a solid foundation. If we just come in and go out, it's really hard to continue to build a foundation. And here's a great picture of it in Matthew 7, verse 24 through 27. It says this, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who builds his house on a rock. The rain came down and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had a foundation on the rock. And we know the rock is Jesus Christ. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who builds his house on the sand. Anybody been to the beach lately? Built your house there? The rain came down and the streams rose and the wind blew and beat against that house and it fell with a great crash. Church, the winds are going to come. The storms, if you're not already in one, you'll eventually be in one. And I don't know about you, I want a firm foundation. I want to be like the wise man. And it says, therefore, everyone who hears these words and puts them into practice, who takes action, action required, but seek ye first the kingdom of God, that's action is required. Is this easy? No, it's not easy. It takes looking at our lives and saying, man, are my priorities right? Am I putting action? Am I listening to what God's calling me to do? Am I listening to the pulling of the Holy Spirit when he's calling me and asking me to do certain things? But I believe when you begin to see this, you will see a foundation in your life like you never thought possible. Things you never thought you could get through, you're going to get through. Because God is moving and working in your life. Church, God has greatness for you. He has amazing things for the church, and I believe the time is now. But it takes us coming together. It takes us looking at our priorities. It says consider our ways. It takes being obedient to what God's calling you to do and what we know in his word. And it takes putting it into action. So church, I'm calling you to action today. God wants to do greatness in your life. I believe with all of my heart that God has amazing things for you. And the enemy wants to keep you as far from it as he can. He wants you frustrated. He wants you seeking after your own dreams, your own future, your own things, and neglecting the other things. But today we have a choice, every day we have a choice to put the things that really matter at the forefront of our lives. And you know, I'm, I'm the group's pastor here so I so believe in community. Why? Because I know we need it and I know community works.
We aren't meant to live this life alone. We're meant to live it together. We need each other. We need, now is the time, church, to come together and to build the house of the Lord. Amen? Amen. If you'll stand with me. Maybe you're listening to this message and you're thinking, gosh, I got some things to get in order. I want to put the first thing first. I want to build my life on a solid foundation. I want to focus on the things that really matter in life. But maybe you're not there, but you want to give your life to God. Maybe you want to rededicate your life to God. If everyone will bow their heads. If you're at a place right now where you say, you know, my priorities, I know they're not where they need to be, but I want them to be where they need to be. I want to put God first in my life, maybe for the first time or maybe as a rededication. Will you just raise your hand for me? I want to put God first in my life. Raise that hand high. God sees it. I see it. Thank you. Thank you. I see those hands. It's never too late. It takes one to sit. It doesn't matter how long it's been. It's never too late. Go ahead. Raise those hands. Thank you. All right. We're going to pray together. Church, keep your eyes closed and your heads bowed. Say, dear God, thank you for loving me, for giving your life so that I can be free. Lord, forgive me of my sins. Lord, I believe that you are the one true God, that you rose from the dead, and that you will come back one day. God, help me to keep the first thing first. In the name of Jesus, name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you, church. Amen. Isn't God good? <laughs> Seek first the kingdom of God. All this other stuff will come. Don't worry. I'm fixing to bless you now. It's okay. And if you're watching online right now to receive this blessing, I, I suggest you just, wherever you are, just turn your palms upward. If you're here, if you lift your hearts or lift your hands, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Have a wonderful week. We hope you enjoyed today's service and we're so glad that you joined us. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, I wanna say congratulations. It's the best decision you could ever make. As a church, we wanna partner with you on this journey. We are here for you. If you have prayer requests, please let us know. You can type your prayer requests in the chat below or you can head to our Countryside website under the prayer tab and type in a prayer request form. We are here to help you. We're here to partner with you and we are here for you on this journey. Also, make sure that you tune in to our encouragements on Tuesday and Thursday. Like I said earlier, Pastor Lane is gonna lead us through a guided prayer. So it's time for us to just take a step back, 
rest in the presence of God and pray to Him together. And on Thursday, we're, we're starting a brand new series this weekend. It's on the book of James. So Thursday, we go through what is the book of James about? What is important? What are things that we can look for as the series goes on? And I know that you're not going to want to miss it, and I'll see you guys then.